Let's go. Today's daf is daf Lamidvav, page 36 in the Hilagimis Seches Gitin. All right, we are up to the two dots on daf Lamidvav, about 10 lines, 12 lines from the top. You got the all the place? Yeah. Yeah, about 12 lines from the top at the colon. Here we go. This is fascinating. We said in the Mishnah that we made a decree that witnesses need to sign on a get because of tikkun ha'ilam. For the benefit of the world. To help the world. They were masakin. They decreed witnesses on a get. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? tikkun the benefit of the of the world, you need witnesses on a get here. It's a biblical application. It says in the it says in the pasuk v'chosov basefer v'chosim. You write it in a sefer v'chosim, and it should be signed. The pasuk in Yirmiya. Whenever you do it, you need signatures on it. Now, by the way, I just want to pause here for a second. You know when this pasuk is said, this mamish the Haley is stuff. This pasuk was said by Yirmiyo Anavi when we were going into Golis. So, one of the Last instructions that we had before we left in Tagalus, Yermio told Klau Yisrael, make sure your real estate documents are up to par and perfect. Because we're leaving Eretz Yisrael and we're going into Tagalus, but we're coming back. We're going to be back. And one of the last things that we did as we walked out the doors made sure that we had our real estate things in place because we knew we're coming back. And we wanted to prove that next, when I come back to my house, it's very clear who owns this place. It's, it's, not that, it's not that guy, that's not that Kanani, that's not that Roman who took my house. So Yermia made a, uh, he, he said that everybody make sure you have your documents in place with the proper signatures. You see from over, over here, for, already from the Nevi'im, that documents need signatures. And you're telling me it's a decree of the rabbis? Pasuk, it's a Pasuk and Navi. Amar Rabba, Rabba says, Light Srikhal Rabbi Elazar. That really, you know, what do we need to say? This halacha about signees on a document. That's according to the Rabbi Elazar, right? The Messira Karsi, who holds an Ede Messira Karsi, is the witnesses over the handoff of the get, who cause the get to be effective. Now, if you hold Ede Messira Karsi, then it's not the witnesses on the it's not the witnesses who signed on the document that are the most effective, and therefore Tekin Rabban Edechasima. Still, even in Shitas, even according to the opinion of Rabbi Elazar, Rabban established witnesses on the document. Okay, you got to do it. Why? Because even though you have witnesses who are here at the time of the handoff. We still want there to be witnesses on the document because the witnesses aren't always around. People don't live forever. People travel to different countries. If we have a signature of a person, that is always going to be here right in front of us, even if the person himself is not right in front of us. Rabbi Yosef Aymer. Rabbi Yosef says, Yishnah Afil Tamer of Mer. Our Mishnah, which says that it was a takana, a decree of the rabbis. That you need signees on a document it doesn't need to go according to Belazar's opinion of Adi Masira Karsi that the main witnesses are the handoff. Really, you could even be following the opinion of Rameyer, who holds that it's the witnesses on the document who are impacting the get. But then, what's the obvious question? If I need the witnesses on the document to impact the get biblically, 
What's the decree that you need witnesses on again? What's the, what's the addition? Says the Gemara, Hiskinu Listen to this, this is give out. You ever read a doctor's handwriting? No. Me too, I never read it. <laughs> never read the handwriting of a doctor. It's very hard to make out people's signatures. It does not say their name. No. Rarely. You have a John Hancock signature, Besaid. Most people's signatures, like mine, it's an M and a Schmitchik yeah. and a T and a Schmitchik. This line going across. Can't make out my name. Yeah. <laughs> Robert says you have to go to a pharmacist to read a doctor's handwriting. <laughs> Completely <laughs> agreed. Unless they're also making it up. I hope not. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So, but this is incredible. Listen to this. What's the purpose of a signature? Let me ask you a question. If you think about it in truth, any reason why a signature should need to be my name? Why should it be? Nobody can read my name anyway. Yeah, it has to be my name. Why? Why? Oh, I'll tell you what else could identify me. Six. I'll tell you what else could identify me. Six letter E's in a row could identify me. If you do it every time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's right. Let me ask you a question. If I make a bunch of letter E's in a row, E, 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 is that a signature? Yeah. Doesn't have my name. That's your name. Beautiful. See, here we go. Ready for this? This is mamish what the Mishnah means when they made a decree that you need the names of the witnesses on the document. Get ready for this. This is beautiful. The decree is you always needed a signature on a get, but you didn't always need to write your name on the get. People just did their regular scribble. And it was for the purpose to help the benefit of the world. How so? What they would write is, I, Menachem, am signing as a witness. Okay. Now, if they recognize the name, I, Menachem, am signing, and they recognize my handwriting, okay, it's going to be kosher. But if they didn't recognize the handwriting, because it wasn't about the name, it was about the handwriting, then it was puzzle. Do you recognize the handwriting? See, nowadays you don't recognize anybody's handwriting. I wrote a note to somebody who, I was, who I'm... Consider myself very close to for a number of years. I wrote them a note before Shabbos. Just they did something very nice, and I just wrote them a thank you note. And there's like, Rabbi, I never saw your handwriting before. Because I'm, I'm typing things up. I'm writing. It's not common you write nowadays, yeah. But back then, people wrote. So you recognize the handwriting. Om Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel said, Takana it's important that we don't just recognize the handwriting, you have to have the name on it. Seven says the Gemara, why? One second. Ask the Gemara, what? You need to have the, hand, you need to have the name on it? Why? What's the name going to help? Again, if you think about the, the teeth kite, the depth of why I need a name, th- there's really no help in that. If you think about every signature. I can read your signature because I know your signature. Right. Not because I know your name. It has nothing to do with your name. 
Says Gemara, why can't I just make a sign? Make an X. Make a picture. When Rav would sign his name, he made a picture of a fish. He would make a picture of a palm tree. Rav Chista Samach. Rav Chista would make a Samach for Chista. He just drew a Samach. Rav Aishia would make an Ayin. He would write another Ayin. Rabbi Barav Huna Tzir Mechusa. He would draw a sail of a boat. You could make a picture and that, that'll be your signature. Like Rabbi El said, as long as you do it every time, that's who you are. That's what people recognize. It's not about the name. They use this in criminal, criminology. In criminology, they you know, use... They'll study handwriting, or they'll study the way right? someone makes a picture to match it. There are people who are experts in... Uh, yeah. so, why did these great people not write their name? Because well, what's the purpose of writing their name? If Steve's asking, why didn't they write their name? And I, the, the answer is because they, they wrote a picture, they wrote a picture that represents them, whatever, however they felt that represented them. But that was the... See, a, a picture, by the way... And short, we'll, we'll pause on this because Rev. Steve brought this up. A picture is the same thing as letters. When it comes to Hilchah Shabbos, you're not allowed to write on Shabbos. You're not allowed to make a picture on Shabbos either. I didn't write any letters. The prohibition of letters is that it gives off information. That's why you're not allowed to make two letters because you're receiving information. If you make a picture, you're giving information. It's the same exact thing. A picture or letters of the Aleph page or letters of the ABC is outside of the Zalbazach. Same thing. So they would make a picture that represented them. There's, there's actually no reason, if you think about logically, why I should be writing letters. Says the Gemara, Shani Rabbonon, the Bekiyam Simanayu. The reason why these Rabbonon made pictures is because it was well known. It was, people were Bekiyam. They were experts. Everybody knew that Rav, when he signed his name, drew a fish. Everybody knew that. That's it. And when you have people who are well-known in the world, and it becomes like the thing, that this is the way they sign their name, then that's Mamisha's signature. But if it's not known what you're doing, and Stam, you have a guy who's making the picture of a, a watch, picture of a pair of socks, Stam to sign his name, that nobody knows who, <laughs> just a pair of socks. Yeah? That didn't help you anything. Well, the question is, it, everything takes time to become known. So you're saying, everybody knew Rav drew a fish, and that was a signature. When did they know that? After 50 times of him making a fish. What about the first 50 times? They didn't know. So how are those valid? It says the Gemara, Bidiske. Bidiske means on documents that weren't court documents. So what happened was like this. Rav would write letters to people. Rav would, and he would sign his name with a fish. Not a signature that was needed in a court. Not a signature that was needed on a document. And over the course of time, it became known that this was Rav's signature. And then he started using it on his court documents, on his gittin, and so on and so forth. And that's what we're going to say, that, that such a style of signatures is going to be valid. Mamish incredible. Okay. Here we go. Two dots, next part of the mission. Hillel Hiskin Preusbul. Hillel was Masakin, it, it is. Oh, it is, okay. Yeah. It was Masakin, he decreed the Prozbul. Tan Hosom, we learned in the mission over there. Where's over there? We're about to find out. Prozbul ain't a Meshamid. 
If a person writes a document of a prosbol and it comes to Shemitah year, where usually loans are knocked off, the loan does not get knocked off, you still owe the loan. And the lender can continue to collect it. There's no problem. Because Hillel decreed the prosbol. And this is one of the things that he instituted. Why did Hillel institute this? Okay. Usually it's not easy for a yid to be lending money. But what happened was, People stopped lending money. Nimnu doesn't mean stopped. It means they were very hesitant. They refrained. Hillel saw that just because logically there is no, aside from the mitzvah, no gain at all for me to lend money. I can't lend on interest. So what do I do? I'll give it to somebody for X amount of time. What's going to happen if they don't pay me back in X amount of time? The money's totally lost. It's going to hit Shemitah. Did you have a pikadon? It hit Shemitah. No, they didn't take a pikadon. Uh-huh. It's going to hit Shemitah. The deposit. It didn't take Shemitah. It hit Shemitah. See, now not only was it a, 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 not a smart financial move because I can't take interest, and, and I'm just losing money off inflation as long as this guy's holding on to my money, it's going to hit Shemitah, and now it's totally lost. So people stop lending money because if it's not paid back in time, it's totally gone. What about That would be okay. Because it's already considered collected. But people, not everybody did it like that. Okay. So people were hesitant. And they were transgressing. The halacha is, you must, when you lend money, you're not allowed to pressure and you're obligated to give the, the borrower money that, he's, that, that, uh, that he needs. And people stopped doing this. So what happened? Oh, so it was like a double whammy. That's what was, that's what was going on in society. Society had a double whammy. Tired. Yeah, double whammy. The double whammy was I can't lend on interest and I'm going to lose it all. Ah, no way. No way. No way. So I'm going to hit his And this is what the prosbul says. And this is what the prosbul says. You say, I'm putting in front of you this Besdin, every debt owed to me can be collected by you, and they sign on it, or the witnesses sign on it. Basically, you're handing over the rights of collection to Besdin. Says the Gemara, Is it possible to have something where biblically, If I have something which biblically the person's not obligated to pay back, and now Hillel's going to go ahead and say, No, you are obligated to pay back? I'm Rabbi Abayi says, Bishviyas Bezban Yes, we're dealing with Shviyas Bezban Azeh. Shviyas itself is, is uh, not the same level of Shviyas in the Torah. Now, how do I know that Shviyas nowadays is not the same level of Shviyas Mena Torah? But Rebbe, because we're following the opinion of Rebbe. Rebbe is going to say that the loans that are being knocked off by Shemitah are... Not me. It's not a biblical knockoff. It's actually a rabbinic knockoff. In other words, in the time when when Bnei Yisrael were in Eretz the Beis Hamikdash and everything, that's where Shmita knocked, knocked off loans biblically. What does Shanta mean? To to, to stop, right? Shanta means yeah. 
Shmita. Yeah, it, it stops. So, and it's following the opinion of Rebbe. Again, Rebbe says that nowadays the loans cannot be collected without a prusbul, only me the Rabbana. Sehillah is only affecting a Rabbana and Dika Halacha. The time of the enterprise of Rebbe Yomer. This is the Halacha of the Shemitah that you lose the rights to collect. Why does it say Dvar HaShemitah Shomait? What's Shemitah Shomait? Acha Shemitah is Karkav, Acha Shemitah One's talking about the rights to the land, and one's talking about the right to collect money. Okay, what do you mean rights to the land? If you own real estate, you give up your rights. You can't, you can't uh, work the land. And when you have a loan, you can't collect the loan. Only in a time where you're not allowed to work the land in Eretz Yisrael. Do you lose the money that you lend out? But if you're in an era where you don't lose out on that right of the land, so too, there's no Shemitah's Ksafim. Okay, now, biblically, Midairaisa, listen to this, the halachas of Shemitah don't apply in Eretz Yisrael nowadays. Why? Because most of Eretz Yisrael, most of B'nai Yisrael are not dwelling in Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what a lot of people are saying. A lot. Of the, now we're going in the Zman of the Gemara. Now, Baruch Hashem, we're living in an era. We're living at a time where we are Zeicha. We have the tremendous merit that the numbers are changing quick. Numbers are changing quick. The amount of Yidin that live in Eretz Yisrael and the amount of Yidin that live in Diaspora are gans fine close. Not only that, Bez Hashem, Aliyah Navi should be here today. And. It wouldn't be surprising if we already were at a majority in Eretz Yisrael with the amount of people who consider themselves Yidin outside of Eretz Yisrael. How many are Taka Jews? I don't know. Who knows? With the intermarriage rate out in diaspora? Who knows? Right? They, they say, that, what are we talking about? 13, 14 million Jews internationally and we're already at 6 million or so in Eretz Yisrael? How many? Are, I don't know about 6 million Jews in Eretz Yisrael. Yeah, but no, I, think, I thought it was close to this. Huh? How many Yidin? Anybody know the numbers? How many Yidin are living in Eretz Yisrael? Not how many city, There's Arabs there too, and and there's Druze and right. But how many Jewish people are are actually living in Eretz Yisrael? Somewhere between four and six. The population is 8 million and there's about 6 million Jews. Well, it's at 6.9, so it's 7 million and it says 8.3 live outside of Eretz Yisrael. Well. Six million of okay. in the United States. So that, so, you, so that means eight million outside. It's, it's gone fine close. According, according to uh, the numbers Rabbi Ravinsky is pulling up over here, 6.9 in Eretz Yisrael and 8.4 in Diaspora. There aren't a total of 10 million people in Israel? There it could be. I'm talking about Jews. Jews. Well, I understand. I don't know. I'm not sure total in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not sure. Last time I talked about yeah. class. And then you have to know how many of the numbers in diaspora, unfortunately, are Taka Jewish, or how many identify as Jew. All right? But, another part of this, by the way, another re- reason why, one reason it has to do with majority, but another reason has to do with the laws of Yavel. There's an opinion that, has, that the laws of Yavel only applied in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, and the biblical law of Shemitah only applies when Yavil applies. So that's another reason why. Uh, Don't we always yeah, that, that's another reason why it, it, uh, it doesn't apply. Huh? Don't we 
solicitations regarding those who are. No, it's not about Yavel. It's, it's, it's no, all. Shemitah. Yeah, what? Nachamol, say it again. Yeah. Yeah, I've received solicitations. Yeah. Uh, to help people who, for Shemitah. The That's right. That's right. But there's an opinion that the, the biblical obligation is only when we're also keeping the laws of Yavel. Now, we have the. We that's why those who say you could sell the lands to a non-Jew, it doesn't make. Okay. Okay. Top of Lamed Bava Mebeis with the Kinu Rabbanon the Mishamei Zecher Lishviyas and the Rabbanon still made a Takana that all loans fall off. This is rabbinic now. Rabbinic loans fall off to remember the biblical obligation. So our question is now answered. We said, how could Hillel obligate loans to be paid back if biblically there's no obligation? You'd think that we're going to say Hefker best than Hefker, right? But we say, no, 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 no. Before we even go there, let me tell you. This is not a rabbinic thing counteracting a biblical thing. The whole thing's rabbinic. That means principle will not exist. Against a biblical against, against Shemitah. Right. It's a Shaval Taisa. Yeah, the Rabbana can say Shaval Taisa, that there's no... Um, the, the Rabbana will never tell you to go act against the laws of the Torah, but they can say that by not doing something, um, you don't have to fulfill the mitzvah in the Torah. They can tell you, because of whatever reasons they come up with, don't do a Torah mitzvah. Don't actively uh, perform it. That they certainly have a right to do. Okay. All right. By the way, that's very powerful. Just powerful. Just notice the power of the chacham. It's an incredible thing. The power of the chacham. Really good. It says in the Torah, I listen. What the rabbis say, I don't listen to. Okay, so go blow a shofar on Shabbos. Go, because you're so from. You say so. You're so religious. You only you, you do bigger. Let me see you blow a shofar on Shabbos. Right? The, the Torah gives a tremendous power. The chacham to say. This is, don't act upon certain mitzvahs when it's to the benefit of Klai Yisrael. The benefit of Klai Yisrael to, to not blow shaifer even though you're supposed to, right? So then you don't blow shaifer. It's the, the incredible kayach. Rav Amar Rav says, Hefker Bezin Hefker. Now we get on to this concept of Hefker Bezin. Hefker, whatever Bezin says is, is uh, ownerless. Is ownerless the Ahmar Rabbi says now this would apply even in a biblical context, right? So in other words, Rabbi Ravinsky brought up what happens in a time where we're keeping biblical Shemitah? What are we keeping biblical Shemitah? Would the Rabban have a ability to say that when it comes to financial things, we could enact a prosbul, we could put something in place to which Rav's approach is you know what, when it comes to finances, there's a rule. Hefker, Bezin, Hefker. Whoever Bezin says owns the money, owns the money. Anybody who doesn't come in three days, as the Chachamim said, he's going to be separated from the Kahal, from the Kehillah, from the congregation who are returning from, who are returning from Golos. Okay. Anybody doesn't go for three days? Yes. Come where? Yeah. Come where? Oh, very good. 
So this is the Rashi explains this is the story of Ezra, which is a, a story that's not learned uh, too often in yeshivas because yeshivas are non-profit, so we don't learn profits. Okay. But uh, be it as it may, a little joke. Um, when Ezra came back to Eretz Yisrael, he only brought with him a few thousand yid. The second base of Mikdash was built already by the early pioneers. Those early pioneers who built the base of Mikdash, this is incredible. The ones who built the base of Mikdash were taught, uh, I don't a percentage of them, an important percentage of them, were intermarried to non-Jews. The very same people who were involved in building the Beis HaMikdash. And Ezra HaSeifer showed up with the Yidin from, from Bavel. And he became aware of this pandemic. And he called everybody together. And he made a warning, a very stern warning. He said, every last person, every last Yid must show up to Yerushalayim. I'm going to be speaking to the people. If you're not there, you're forfeiting your property. I'm taking everything away from you. And they all gathered together and he set the law banning intermarriage and, and telling them in a, in a very productive way very firm, but they listened to a point where they all agreed and they, they wept. It says they wept and they went to, and, and they separated from their, uh, from their non-Jewish spouses. But this was the, this was the uh, ultimatum. I think that's the proper word for this that, uh, that Ezra made over here. Okay? So he said, everybody's got to get together. Otherwise, I'm the head of the Besdin. He, he, they, he, they made him the head of the Sanhedrin when he came back. And he took away the, he said, I'm taking away all your property. Whoever doesn't show up to this, uh, to this drush. Okay. So you see, Hefker Bezen Hefker. And these are the Anachalais, these are the, the heritage that was set aside by Al-Lazar and Yeshua Benun when they were leading Klal Yisrael. What is this talking about? After we entered Eretz Yisrael, how did they divide the land? The way that the Chachamim chose to divide the land. So it's the Chachamim who decide who owns what. That's how we got the land. That's how the land was divided amongst the Shvatim. What does the heads have to do with the Just like when a parent passes away, they leave over to their uh, whatever they choose to leave over to their children, it's up to them to do it. If I want to give a gift to somebody, I can decide what to do with it. Af Roshim, Anchilim Ma'am, Kol so to the Roshim, so to the heads, can lead over to Klal Yisrael, to the people, whatever they, however they choose. Okay. Ibailu, that's the question of information. Ki Hiskin Hill, but when Hill established a prosbul, Le Dare Hulisakin, was it done a prosbul for his time, for his era, for his generation? I don't Dari Alma Namisakin. Reads it even for nowadays. The Mind of Kamina, what's the difference? Livetule. Whether or not anybody nowadays could remove a prosbul. If he did it primarily for his generation, so then nowadays, if you have a Chacham who wants to come along, or a Bezdin, or a Sanhedrin, uh, not a Sanhedrin, but a, they have to be greater, uh, a greater in number or in Chachma, then they can re- remove it. Now, Yamr the Dari Alma, Nami Yisakim, if he'll do it for all generations, so he'll be in Bezin Yochel of Atal, Dibre Bezin Chavere, 
a later generation cannot come along and nullify it. So my, what's the halacha? All right, how, how does this work? Tashma, come and listen. Damar Shmuel, Shmuel says, like I seen in Puzbul, Ella beveidina the suri. Only write a Puzbul in the bezdin of sura e bavei or I'm sorry, oi or beveidina dinarda or in the bezdin of narda. So generally, didn't write a Puzbul except in these two places. If he did it for all generations, b'shar beveidina nami lichtu. Why only in these two bezdins are we writing Puzbul? We write a Puzbul. Everywhere it must be that Hitak only did it for specifically for his generation, and it's not applicable now. It could be nullified even by a bezin that's not larger than him. It says the Gemara, who says, Doma perhaps, maybe when he'll institute a prusbul, he did so that you got to do a prusbul in a place that's not as strong as his type of bezin. Like the Bezin of Rami and Ravasi, they, they had the rights of Hefker, Bezin, Hefker. They had the right to remove money. But maybe a standard court, you sit down in Shul, Erev, Erev uh, Shemitah on Rosh Hashanah in the morning when you're uh, doing Hataras uh, the Darim. Who says you can give your puzzle over to three other Yankles that are sitting there? I thought Rabbi Kiva was the one who made the puzzle. Nope, Hillel. Hillel. Hillel was massacring the puzzle. You didn't say earlier Akiva. Right? No, Hillel. Toshma, come and listen. The Amar Shmuel Shmuel says, "How prosbul ubenah the dainehi yishayer chayel avatilna." This prosbul is a shtikol chutzpah. It's a chutzpah for the uh, for the chachamim, and therefore, um, I would remove a prosbul. Okay, what does it mean? I would remove a prosbul. Rashi says he felt that it's not strong enough to do what Hillel set it out to do, and therefore they're. They're moving money around improperly. Says the Gemara, "Avatonle, you're going to remove it." What he means is like this. He said like this. I know a principle is effective. That I can't argue on. But what I regret is that I'm not as great as Hillel. If I was as great as Hillel, I would go ahead and remove and remove the uh, principle. Not that he was doing it. He agreed to principle. But he left it. Says uh, Shmuel. Rav Nachman says, what do you mean? Shmuel, what do you mean? You'd remove her prosbul. You know what I would do if I was as great as Hillel? I would reaffirm the importance of prosbul. Says What do you mean you would reaffirm? Yeah, you have people who, uh, they, 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 what's it called? To renew your wedding vows. Yeah? Hey, you're already married. Yeah? Says the Gemara, what do you reaffirm it? What does reaffirm it do anything? It is, like it is what it is. Says the Gemara, Hakikam, what he means is, Okay. I would make a Bezdin. And you know what I would do? I think Prisbul is such a good idea that I would establish something. They don't even need a document. It's like if you even tell it over to people, that would be called a Prisbul. I think that's how important a Prisbul is for a Klaus. You probably that's a question searching for information. Hi, Ubana Lisha the Chutzpahu. This word Ubana, that it's like a Chutzpah for the Chachamim. It's an expression, uh, it, it's Ubana. Elisha the Nichusu. Does it mean Chutzpah or does it mean Benichusa? Does it mean like it's a, it's a nice thing for the Chachamim? Like it's helpful to a Bezdin. Says the Gemara. What? There's the Baskal that says. Call me It usually means to, to counter, right, to go against. But uh, he says Ubana at times can mean. Um, something benichus apparently. Sigmar Tashma, Damarula, Aluva, Kala, Shazinsa, Bekerev, Chupasa. 
it's a, it's a chutzpah. Okay, so you see, it's a chutzpah. You have a kala, a bride, who's ready mezana, ready having relations under a chuppah. Amar of Mario Bara, de Bashmo, Micro. What's the pasuk? Ara melech b'msibasa near the nasan nasan reicha. Yeah, while while the king is, uh, is is still at the party, yeah, it's already giving off uh, giving off uh, uh, a beautiful smell. Amar Rav Adaycha Vusu Hugabon. It's still an expression of chiba of love. Dechsev nasan v'likesev hisriach. It says he gave, as opposed to saying hisriach, which means it's spoiled. Okay, just, expre- just uh, getting in on that pasuk, which means referring to the relationship between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael. That Klal Yisrael started to smell bad. Okay, but instead of saying it's like became sour, it says that it, the the smell left. So that's, that still shows that Kaddish Baruch Hu's bond for Klai Yisrael, Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, and so should we. We'll end with this, and we'll start with this tomorrow. Chevra, this is life. Ready for this, Gemara? This is beauty. A person who gets insulted and doesn't respond with insult. A person who's disgraced and doesn't disgrace. Our natural tendencies are to respond in kind. A person who serves Hashem out of love and is misameach. What is misameach? Is secure with their Yisurim. I know that whatever comes my way, there's still a rabbi nishalaylam. Aleim akasavaymer about such a person with me this like this. The Torah says, "Ba'ayavav kitzeis Hashem es bigvurasay." Those who love Hashem are like the sun going forth. Nothing can ever put them out. When somebody's quiet in the face of embarrassment, when somebody doesn't, doesn't treat others with the way that they're treated. I have to treat you the way that I'm expected to treat you, despite how you treat me. I treat you by my values, not your values. As one of my rabbeim once taught me, one of the greatest lessons so far that I've received, I've shared this in the in show many times, never fight or argue with an imbecile because they'll pull you down to their level and then beat you with experience <laughs> and that's how it works they want to do it leave it they're, they're experienced there you don't have experience don't respond just leave it we'll talk we'll pick up on this tomorrow have a wonderful evening